Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Check this out, y'all. Uh. Read a book. Read a book. Read a read a Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Read a read a Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. 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 Read a book. Read a book. Read a read a Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Read a Book Podcast. My name is Sean Little. I'm your host. You can find me across the internet at I am Sean Little. Uh, as long as the internet is truly free, you'll find me in the place to be. I'm joined by my co-host, Cass Wallen. Give it up for him, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck that in. I'm gonna suck in that applause. Yeah. Give him give him a minute. Mm, thank you. There we are. Thanks for joining us, man. Merry Christmas. How was your How was your holiday? Busy. Yeah. Busy and full of kids and full of good spirit and full of love and enjoyment mm-hmm. of never having a free second to myself. Heard that. What was a favorite gift that you gave? That I gave? Yeah. Mm, I gave my girlfriend a uh, trip to... A sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, man. Have that, you done it? I've not done it. How did you find that? Well, we watched uh, Stranger Things mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about sensory deprivation tanks and how we wanted to do that. And then we watched an episode of Always Sunny where um, one of the characters took a sensory deprivation tank yeah. dive. And we were like, man. I really want to do that. That's so dope. I was, I'm about giving. I like giving people an experience mm-hmm. as a gift, as mm-hmm. opposed to giving them a physical object that yeah. would be obsolete to them in a yeah. in a week. So that was my favorite. My I got my kids like my daughter wanted makeup. My son wanted weapons. <laughs> <laughs> That's such like socially constructed gender stereotypes oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't push gender stereotypes on my children. They yeah. push them on me. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> uh, how about a favorite gift that you received? Uh, my girlfriend got like she she's super good at paper crafts. Mm-hmm. She made like little paper people mm-hmm. of her and I, and that was really dope to me. I'm a fan of made, yeah, handmade gifts. That's dope. But it shows a lot of thought and care. And she, yeah, she did that. You and your wife, you don't give each other gifts. We don't. Um, you like know, to, my presence is a present. <laughs> my, my gift is my presence. Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, we don't. We don't really. And I say that. We might say that we won't, and then we'll get each other, you know, maybe something. You got to do it. Something So small. it feels extra if yeah. you do it. <laughs> right. You get one like, I'm thing. not getting you anything. But this one thing. Uh, yeah, so... I got her, you know, a little something. Uh, we really kind of deconstructed our life a couple months ago. So as we think about 
reconstructing and having a home i bought her like a little painting had it framed mm-hmm. gave it to her you know so once we get our place back together like we'll a original painting mm-hmm. yeah was it can I ask who the artist was? Yeah, Megan DeLong. I bought one of yeah. Megan's pieces. Okay. She did like a 21-day challenge or whatever, and I saw one of them, and I was like, man, that's super dope. I think Aaron would like that. And then Aaron actually commented on that one, and I was like, Very cool. air horn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, tight. Yeah. Art's um, a good gift. Yeah. Art's a good gift. No doubt. Um, we wanted to get each other, you know, what we agreed to get each other this year is a Kangen water machine. I'm unfamiliar. Uh, you know, pH. Is it coming uh, yeah. from the Congo? pH. Congen, <laughs> <laughs> not Congo. Uh, I don't know where it comes from. But, you know, pH, water, uh, super expensive, like $4,000 for this Whoa. water machine. Wait, this is, for di- sure. this is a different direction than I expected. Yeah, and this, you know, again, you guys didn't expect this when you tune into the Read a Book podcast, but we're all in the mix. This is the holiday episode, uh, and we're going to get to our book, The Big Payback. But while we're on the topic of it, uh, this is the water machine uh, that my in-laws used to try to help fight and eventually sort of uh, maintain my father-in-law's cancer. Mm. So they really wanted to, you know, use alkaline pH water. So they bought one of these machines and we've been talking about it for years and years and years because we drink a lot of water uh, and just because it's good just for us. go to their house, man. That's $4,000. No for sure. For yeah. sure. I'll tell you what you We've do. been doing that. That's what, what we do. We fill to... up like five-gallon jugs over at their house and bring it back. But see, like a five-gallon jug, when you, you know, because we use that for all of our water. So like washing our fruits and vegetables, we use out of that. The water we drink. Erin doesn't cook with oil. She only cooks with water. Uh, so we go through a oh, five-gallon jug in like a day. Man, I've eaten Erin's food and I would never guess that was cooked mm-hmm. with water. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Erin Little's cooking skills. Dog, straight up. She's very good. Cooked with water, made with cooked, love. <laughs> cooked with water, made with love. She made ice cream that is not real cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, banana nice yeah, cream. Dog, that mm-hmm. stuff was so good. Flaming. I was on those banana bowls out in Hawaii, bro. Yep. A man cannot survive on bananas alone. But I did give it a try. Uh, Now let's bring it full circle. We are in our episodes. We're reading the book, The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip Hop by Dan Charnas. Uh, I'm excited to see some of you guys are engaging and rocking with us. Uh, We had a contest over the last week for people to share their response to the question, what made you fall in love with hip-hop? So we had plenty of entries. Uh, We're going to announce the winner uh, here in about 15 minutes, Uh, but I'd like to go ahead and play a piece uh, from Dan Charnas himself about why he wrote the book, The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop. So we'll run that. What I wanted to accomplish with The Big Payback was the very first business history of hip-hop. How did this obscure street culture from the ghettos of 1970s New York become the world's predominant pop culture and a multi-billion dollar business? You can't answer that question uh, by just looking at the artists. You have to look at the people who worked behind the artists to turn those artists into stars, the business people. Uh, Over the course of four years, I interviewed more than 300 people, record executives, entrepreneurs, artists, managers, uh, producers, uh, DJs, journalists, all of whom shared a fundamental belief that hip-hop could be as big, if not bigger, than any American culture that preceded it, whether rock and roll, 
jazz. And it's because of these people that we know the names of artists like Jay-Z, Eminem, Lil Wayne, Tupac, Biggie. Some of these people did it for the love of the culture. Some of these people did it for the love of money. Others for a variety of reasons. But whatever their motivation, what these people actually accomplished was not just the transformation of music, but the transformation of American society as a whole. Ultimately, I think, resulting in the election of America's first black president. You can't understand America in the late 20th, early 21st century without understanding the impact that hip-hop had. And you can't understand hip-hop without understanding the business. Ultimately, the big payback is an American history about a true American success story. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot there. I agree with everything you said. What's one thing that sticks out that sort of, uh, you know, flashed a light when he said it for you? Uh, that the hip hop culture was was kind of a catalyst to have a black president. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. What are the connections there in your mind? Uh, hip hop's always been like a commentary of on uh, on our current political climate, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's I, I think that while last week we talked about how, uh, you know, maybe saving money. And all isn't isn't demonstrated in hip hop, mm-hmm. but I do think that the importance of of your vote is mm. is communicated in hip hop. Yeah. Maybe you know not outwardly saying your vote counts or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it just by like if you don't agree with this president does, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I yeah, t- and I agree with that. That that makes me think of two things. One. <clears throat> I mean, there have been direct, right? Diddy, uh, rock the vote, rock the vote, uh, yeah. and obviously in the uh, the first, well, both I think Obama uh, presidencies were heavily advocated for by rappers, yeah, right? Absolutely, directly. Jay Z was mean, like about that on that dude. Um, Shepard Fairey, like he he was the creator of the Hope, huh? Which you know he's he's yeah the art a, yeah he's closely uh, he's closely knitted in with the hip hop community, yeah. So there's, you know, obviously direct support, like you were saying, of your vote. But I think maybe even more powerful or important than that, this idea that uh, the culture of hip-hop advocates for uh, expressing yourself. So maybe not your vote, but your voice, right? Right. Like use your voice, share your thoughts, share your experience. Um, And to me, that's something that I've always maybe admired or appreciated. And so something that Dan Charna said that's fascinating to me is like how and a reason that I'm excited to reread the book and to read it with y'all and to get your thoughts and opinions um, and your you know buy-in. This idea that an obscure street culture has become the predominant pop culture uh, in arguably one of the most powerful uh, wealthy uh, countries and the existence of right. humanity, right. Uh, and it didn't take long for it to happen. That's what's fascinating it was like a storm. to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like in the '80s when it was coming up, it was just like, and people thought they were like, "They'll raps the fad," mm-hmm. and um, we sure showed them. And I think it's crazy, you know, what he was saying about uh, you. That doesn't happen apart from the business back end of those Mm -hmm. things happening you know what i'm saying like obviously art is powerful um but art divorced from business doesn't exactly necessarily make its way into the the mainstream or the platforms of such a capitalist society you can't do something for a culture unless there's money involved yeah 
otherwise it just you know people can't people can't pay their bills on on uh on love yeah love doesn't pay the bills right and you, if you're going to invest your time into it you got to get something out of it hmm. And obviously, you know, I would say that uh, with the bubbling of any subculture, uh, I don't necessarily think that it starts as this idea like, yo, we can make money, uh, right. which is no. a really fascinating uh, comment that Dan Charnas has made in other interviews. Like a lot of times DJ Cool Herc is considered kind of the godfather of hip hop or whatever. And he makes arguments that, well, there were several people prior to him, but that's one of the early stories that I love about Herc, and we'll get into this later, uh, that he threw this back-to-school bash, mm-hmm. uh, and he already kind of had a buzz at this point, but that's the 1520 Sedgwick Avenue for, you know, the heads who know about that address. Where he's just playing the breaks, right? Yeah, yeah. and he did that. He threw the back-to-school bash, and there's like, you know, you can find this online. He wrote up on index cards. That was his invitation to this party. But it was actually, the story goes, it was a fundraiser for him and his brothers and sisters uh, to make money to buy back-to-school clothing. Oh, word. So they threw this party or whatever. And obviously, like, there's culture and music and art and love for it. But it was also a hustle for him, right? I think it was like a quarter for the ladies and a dollar for the guys. That is married to rap. Yeah. The hustle to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, obviously, you know, I mean, that's inherent to, like, the context, the place, uh, the socioeconomic reality of where rap comes from, right? Because Mm -hmm. it comes from uh, the ghettos of New York City uh, where there was, uh, where it necessitated, you know, I need to make money. I have to come up. I have to take care of myself and my family. It's kind of frowned upon if you come from, like, the good part of town and, and rap. Yeah, like people clown Drake for that, because hmm. he was, you know, he's Jewish. Yeah, spent his, I, I from what I understand, spent his like bar mitzvah money on rap. Oh word! But I think there's hustle in that too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I love Drake. Hmm. That's what I've heard a lot of people talk uh, crap about Action Bronson. Yeah, because they say that he's like. He present, and I, I imagine there's a lot of kind of new rappers that I don't necessarily know or understand their backstory. But there's this idea of like independence, or I did it by myself. But there's actually like maybe not necessarily label backing of these guys initially, but there are investors or whatever, so they can mm-hmm. look independent or they can look like they're blowing yeah, that, on their own. That's that's a thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Where like all all of these quote unquote independent rappers, like. I could I could definitely call names on that hmm. all day long. Hmm. Where where, you know, there where's the line between independent and like, you know, having a team of people sure. that, that don't necessarily have a record labeled name. Hmm. It's just like, come on. So give me some insight onto that, you know, because I'm not as uh, familiar, and you don't have to name a name. You can name a name, but what's an example of that? Like, there's Macklemore. Okay, talk about that. Mac. I mean, you know, Macklemore is a, and I'm I'm not throwing salt at Macklemore. He can do whatever kind of music that he wants to do, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. But it's like to call that shit independent mm. is is that that is not independent. Talk. So why why is it not independent? You got a team of people working for you, mm. man. Like you don't you. You don't get where where you are, where you're getting national radio play without like having the the, the backing of people hmm. behind you, hmm. and, and or or the investments behind you. So was it? And I don't know. And maybe you mm-hmm. don't know this, but is it his? Did he make the money to employ these people? Like For was sure. it? it so I it was mean, just, I, there come. You know, 
I, I can't hate on the way that he came up, mm. but for him to be at the level that he's at now and just claim it is because there was for sure a time where where Macklemore was an independent musician totally, mm. but then it comes up, but which I get the argument where you're like, well, he made the money independently, mm. but then it starts coming from different places, and I don't know enough about it to to speak on mm. now, but I'm saying like the using. Like Sage Francis, for instance, is totally independent. Mm. Does all this shit. Is he paying you to say his name right now? <laughs> I wish, <laughs> but no. Uh, Sage Francis does everything um, on his own. Mm. So, like started his label on his own, and I don't know. And so there's a difference to you there. So independence in your mind is like Sage is his own PR. Is that what you're saying? Sage is yes, yeah. Versus Macklemore might have hired. You got higher guns all over the place huh. for it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, it's a, there, there's a fine line between being an independent rapper. Like, you can't you can't be, like, on that level. And that's not even a diss to those people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, it's a diss to the word independent at that huh. point. It's, like... Because to me, it seems dope. Like, you know, I mean... It, I don't know. It's cool to me if you are a musician, a rapper, whatever, and you book shows and tour and you sell your music and you make, say, you make $10,000 at the end of the year and you say, well, I want to use this $10,000 not to buy merch, but I but want to, to employ PR. Yeah. Yeah, PR or a manager or whatever. And to me, that's still independent. That's That just seems like a smart business move. It, Maybe. I mean, it's buying your own your own record label which sure like if you if you did it on on your own but i think that there's a disconnect with what people think that means mm. and what it really means yeah so what do you think people think that i uh, think that, that when macklemore says he's independent or when he did say what do you think people think that is not true or that is not that there's not like marketing giving this dude ideas on what mm. what he needs to put out mm. and that there's not like you know what i'm saying sure like uh, like he goes to a record label or a record, like a radio station, and just like hands them. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there is a a, a very strong team and marketing team mm-hmm. and video team mm-hmm. and uh, people that are giving him viral video ideas. Hmm. Like, you, you know what I mean. And, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Either. Sure, but it is a record label without a record label name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so the independent, uh, the idea of independence is compromised because he has help even just generating ideas. Those aren't all his ideas, so like it's not independent. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and and to, to just be solid in the fact that I don't think it's a diss mm-hmm. to say, hey, at this point you're not an independent musician. Mm. Independent musician, like, manages their own tours mm-hmm. manages their own merch yeah um you know they're i just think that there's a disconnect in what people think that yeah. means because to me if that's what being an independent musician is the i would think that you would want to be an independent musician for as little time as possible so that you Straight could up. get to a point 
of enough success or enough income where you can begin to employ other people to help you manage those responsibilities or whatever so that you can go and make the music and your whole business entity, right? Whether it's you being the musician, you have the merch person, you have the videographer, you have the producer, whatever. Right. That team would seem to me a better move than doing things independently Absolutely. because it would bottleneck if you were doing things independently. If you Absolutely. had, you know, 10 tasks and 10 hours, you can only spend an hour on each versus if they took care of them and I got 10 hours to make raps, then... Right. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, there's arguments from both sides mm. on what, what being that independent... That just, mm. just in my interpretation of mm-hmm. it. Um, but a guy like Sage does all 10 tasks. Yeah. I, I think, like, Sage... I, I don't want to speak for Sage. Sure. But but I know that the dude, like, he he's very, he, he, he prefers to work by himself as hmm. opposed to having, you know, 50, he's not stuffing envelopes. Well, he is stuffing envelopes, hmm. but, but at the same time, he, he, we got a, we've got a label manager. Okay. But Strange Famous is independent as a mug. Huh. So we depend on, like, people. Yeah. To, to spread our word. Sure. As opposed to businesses, corporate sponsors, all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Not as saying like we don't have right. corporate sponsors and right. Blah blah blah. But if you are looking to sponsor <laughs> either Cast One or Sage Famous, uh, Strange Famous Records, then you can email uh, <laughs> Cast One at gmail dot com. Hey, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Thanks y'all for listening. Uh, so excited to read the big payback, the history of the business of hip hop. And Jacob, thank you for that little rabbit hole into independence rappers and yeah the business we'll be right you ain't back. independent if you got nike making jordans for you wah, wah, wah. <laughs> this episode of the read a book podcast is brought to you in part by we society apparel merchandise and inspiration to change the world get 10 percent off any order at weapparel.co by using the code fourth district that's f-o-r-t-h district and connect with We Society at weapparel.co to inspire bold action, united, together, resolved. We are the ones we are waiting for. We Society. Shout out on my end uh, to my homeboy, Eric DeLong. He said, You know what, Sean? I was listening to your last episode of the Read a Book podcast with your homeboy, Cast One. I really enjoyed it. He said, you guys had a good vibe with each other. You were cutting up. I enjoyed it. He said, but you need to not always say, welcome back to the Read a Book Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Read a Book Podcast because people who are listening to the Read a Book Podcast know that they're listening to the Read a Book Podcast. So I'm not going to do that, Eric. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your advice. Hey, Um, let me amend my last episode where I said linear notes quite a bit. yeah. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. It's liner notes. Yeah, sometimes that just happens. So I had a very linear mindset yeah. when I was saying that one. Uh, so again, uh, I'm joined by Cast One, and we're discussing uh, kind of leading up to the big payback. Uh, you guys have this week to purchase the book and to begin reading. And then on Monday, January 1st, we'll release the first episode where we discuss album one. Uh, and then, you know, for the following eight weeks, for eight weeks total, we'll discuss the eight albums in The Big Payback. So we hope you guys uh, cop the book, or have already copped, are reading, are enjoying, uh, and very excited to discuss and read The Big Payback with <gasps> you. Now, 
Over the last uh, week, we had a contest where we're giving away a copy of The Big Payback, mm -hmm. as well as a 4th District t-shirt and a vinyl record of Cast One's latest album, So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. Sure. Uh, Cast, real quick, you know, so we're going to draw the winner shortly, but I'm going to share some of the uh, responses that we got uh, to our question uh, for the contest. But Cass, say something a little bit about your album. Maybe for people uh, who aren't as familiar with you, um, for the winner, a couple things about So Our, e so Our Egos Don't Kill Us. Uh, it was kind of my take on, on that point in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I wanted to be pretty raw uh, and, and give like an insight into my brain. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, it's aggressive. It's a really aggressive album. Mm -hmm. There's some part, like I, I always try to describe it like as starting out on the top of a mountain mm -hmm. and then kind of voyaging down the mountain mm -hmm. into a lake to drown yourself in. Wow. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? So, so like the end of the album Not it gets more, it gets very introspective. Yeah, word. um and it, as opposed it's like hey, like I'm at the top of my my game right mm -hmm. now and then it's like kind of a journey into like the artistic side of my brain mm -hmm. or, or or to the point of my life. Yeah. So uh it it goes to it it goes through that. Yeah, songs at this point that stick out that you find yourself do you still listen to the record? You know I try not to listen to my music that mm. much, um, but I did, you know, last month I, I went on, was it, yeah, well, the start of December, I, I, I checked my, like, Spotify plays mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and I was like, well, I'm going to listen to this. Yeah. I'm still very, very proud of it. That's great. Um, I think there's, I think that, you know, now, it, that, that was the best music that I've made. Hmm. Um, certainly, certainly some of the best music I've made. I'm sure some people would disagree with that. Sure. But, um, yeah, I think there's some the highlights of my career on there. That's dope. Um, so that's a little bit about So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. Again, the winner of this contest, who we'll be announcing shortly, uh, receives a copy of The Big Payback. Hope that you read it with us. Uh, a 4th District t-shirt and then a copy of uh, Cast One's album, So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. And that, Let me just say, yeah. that vinyl, it, I'm big up in myself right now, mm -hmm. but it is beautiful. Like, it's got the gold inlays on there. Mm -hmm. I even wanted, like, the packaging, it feels like silk. And then when you pull the record out, it's got, like, the green Coke bottle with blood splatter through it. Yeah. I love the way it yeah. looks, man. Yeah, you worked hard cool. on it. I did work hard on that. Yeah. There was a lot of ideas back mm -hmm. and forth. And uh, I was scared that a lot of that stuff would get shot down by the label, but mm. they did not shoot me down. Stop. Yeah. Uh, so we hope that the winner enjoys all of those goodies. Uh, so the question was, what made you fall in love with hip hop? Uh, and we got online, you know, entries on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so I want to read several of those. Cast one, you give me some feedback um, on any of these. And if you don't give me feedback, then I'll just move on to the next one. <laughs> Uh, so one of the, and and not all of these you know uh, unfortunately we couldn't enter all of these people into the giveaway because they didn't follow all the rules you got to follow the rules man because hey. there's people who are following the rules they follow the rules and they get entered but if you're not following the rules I can't enter you in hey it ain't hip hop to follow rules Sean that's Lowe. true so, so maybe, maybe they're, they're trying the winners. To, but not on this show man <laughs> not on this show uh, here's one that I think is you know I relate to this. Um, East Coast hip hop made me fall in love with it. 
Yeah. Were you an East Coast or West Coast fan growing up? Both. Yeah. Um, I loved, you know, I, I think earlier in my life I was a West Coast fan. Mm-hmm. I loved, like, the worm sense. Mm. But then, like, later as a teen, I felt like the, the lyrics were in the East Coast. Yeah. Like, cannabis. Mm-hmm. Cannabis. 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 Yeah. I remember that and uh, Big Pun. That would like kind of like the yeah. DJ Clue. Yeah, sure. That era. That era. I definitely came up West Coast, and then as I aged, I was more drawn to East Coast mm-hmm. lyricism. Right. Uh, so I dig, I dig that. Uh, Grant Young said, "The art of storytelling." Oh, from Outcast. Yeah, but then he goes on cautionary tales like a children's story or the coolest by Lupe Fiasco to humorous songs like Just a Friend to sorrowful songs like So Many Years. Hip hop is full of awesome stories. Hard truths, warnings, entertainment are all able to be skillfully expressed through this art form. Sounds like he likes the storytelling aspect of, yeah, of hip-hop. Yeah, for sure. Dude, Lupe Fiasco, what do you think about him? I think Lupe is kind of a genius that doesn't make music that I want to listen to. Man, I think he's so dope. I, I do think he's dope. I mm-hmm. think, it. you know, I... I know people that that like love his music and find like all of the like little uh easter eggs that he puts in his sure. music and i think that you know i there there's absolutely lupe songs that i've heard where i'm like oh god this dude is a genius man but as far as like i don't check for every lupe album right yeah, that was uh, from Grant Young. You, uh, He replied to the uh, post on the 4th District page. Thanks for rocking with us there. Um, I got into a conversation with the gal recently on that point about uh, Lupe Fiasco. Uh, Aaron and I were up in Brooklyn, and I went to a coffee shop. She was playing some Lupe record, and I said, Did you put this on? She said, Yeah. And I asked her if she had like heard the two most recent Lupe albums, which mm-hmm. one is called, like, Tetso and Youth, and the other one is called Something That I Don't Know, unfortunately. I forget that album title. Oh, man. Uh, you're, you're really adding to your detriment. I know. <laughs> on, on but, Lupe. man, I think he is such a phenomenal rapper. But, again, I think once he got out of that sort of corporate uh, record mm-hmm. label system, people don't really talk about him that much. I mean... Yeah, I think it was a good move on his behalf. I'm sure he makes so much money yeah. now. But I know that he was very unhappy. I think people kind of lost interest because he's always talking about how he's going to put something out and, mm-hmm. then, he, and then he doesn't mm-hmm. put it out. And he's, and, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's gotten a lot of flack over political comments as yeah. well. You know, yeah. because he was dissing on Obama, which is yeah, yeah. kind of fascinating. Um, I don't know. I, I try not to get into the personality of a rapper mm. so that... I don't. That's why I never meet any. I don't want to ever meet like any musician that I love. Favorite musician that you ever met, though. Mm, that I ever met. Yeah. Like, Did you fanboy? Have you ever fanboyed over any musicians you met? I'm a fanboyed over Big Boy. Man. Yes. But I tried to keep it real cool, and I think I did keep it cool. But like after having that talk with Big Boy, I like went back and artist check in, mm. kind of like took a knee, and there was a tear for real, a tear. <laughs> That's crazy. He had people who, like go and listen to my music, and then came back like, "You're dope." That's awesome. It's crazy. Big Boy. That's the, that's another sort of yin and yang moment for Cast One and myself. Uh, he met Big Boy, and probably within a year of that, yeah. uh, I met Andre 3000 at a coffee shop. You hit me up, and you were like, Doug, I am at a coffee shop in Atlanta, and 
guess who's dude and i was like talk to him talk to him here's the story going to right oh i was well here's the story so i was actually down in atlanta uh and for the fourth district heads that remember this uh it was our first creative convo uh that we were going to have and so fourth brought me down uh i was at i think octane is the name of the coffee shop uh in atlanta and i'm just kicking it there with dan duncan one time shout out to dan duncan and we're having a casual cup of coffee and then this benevolent figure uh, appears out of nowhere and begins floating across the parking lot. And I was like, dog, is that Andre 3000? And Dan tried to play it like super low. He was like, I mean, he was excited, but he was like, yeah, that's Andre. And I was freaking yeah, out, Andre's man. are, like, we don't have any problem saying that Andre For sure. is like our, our Up there, king top rapper. five, like, oh, go. He's number one by far. For me? Yeah, I mean. Oh, God, dog. Don't Andre. even get me started on yeah. how much I love Andre. Too. Phenomenal. He's the he's the best. Incredible. He's he's the best. Like how people feel about Nas, that's how I feel about Andre. I think he's the great. And and like listening to his interviews where he's just super like, I don't think I'm a yes. great rapper. I'm like, oh yeah. man, I want to show up and slap you, man. So Andre three thousand walks into the coffee shop. He's behind me just getting coffee and. Do you ask for it in a vase? <laughs> that was a funny episode. He, uh, my man Dan is like, man, you can't talk to him. Let that man live. So we call some of the other like uh, Atlanta homeboys, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, like Show Barack. He was like, oh, I've seen Andre out maybe three or four different places, and I get excited whenever I see him out. But I've, you know, I'm gonna let that man live. And I'm just like, I'm a kid that grew up in the Midwest, yeah. in Cincinnati, Ohio. I did not grow up in Atlanta. Uh, Andre 3000 is not walking around my neighborhood. I am not going to let this man live. They were trying to, like, clown me to go up and, if I was going to go up and talk to him. But I was like, yeah, and I get that. How do you that. not do it? I think that, the, like, if I, if mm. I love someone's music and I want to say something to him, and I don't really have a lot to offer to a conversation, it is important for me, like, I will go up, I would have went up to Andre, for and sure. I encourage you to, just give a compliment and keep it moving, like, hey, I'm not trying to take away from your day, Yeah, it makes me excited to see you, you gave me a lot, thank you, yeah. and that's it, mm-hmm. like, not try to pull anything else out of that conversation, right. yeah, yeah. just like... In hindsight, and I think this was probably maybe 2015. It might have been 14, but I think it was 15, so it's been a minute. Uh, and I wasn't watching Key and Peele uh, at that yeah, time. Yeah. I like hadn't even really waited in. Maybe a couple homeboys sent me skits or whatever. Uh, but you know, after that, I watched all of Key and Peele, and I actually think he was there with Peele. Oh, word. I think he was having a meeting with Peele. I mean, you know, I think that was him. I didn't know who it was, but I like... I was familiar enough with his face. I knew it was somebody, yeah. but I was like, I don't know who that guy anyway. So I interrupted him and gave him a compliment, told him I appreciated him, asked if we could take a picture, and sure enough, took got a it. picture. Yeah. And then I got that picture tattooed on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> so Andre 3000, man, he's the GOAT. I like that somebody photoshopped the picture with me and Big Boy and put it next to you. So funny. Your picture with yeah. Andre. Where well, it's just peace signs. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. We'll make sure to share that. That was, that was Pat Jensen. That did oh, that. was it? Yeah, it was. And Pat Jensen did the uh, art for the Read a Book podcast, and he does the new updates for each book. So shout out to Pat. Pat, Pat Jensen's like one of my... You put me on with him. I love that. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. He's the nicest guy. Huh. He's like one of those people that uh, is too humble for their own good. Mm-hmm. 
not to say, you know yeah not, that's not that's a compliment yeah for sure if i if i had his talent i would uh i'd be a lot a lot more boisterous about it yeah thanks for thanks for putting me on with him um a couple other responses and we got several uh so thank you guys again for uh responding to this um here is now here are a few responses that actually followed the rules uh your handle is at freel to hand uh the question is uh what made you fall in love with hip-hop your answer was it's confidence it's unbridled realness it's very lyrical narratives over production that sounded like where i come from yeah sounded like where i come from isn't that a fascinating idea yeah it's i mean it's a it's the uh, soapbox yeah. for your neighborhood, mm. kind of. Yeah. And every neighborhood in the world is the same. Hmm. Unless you're, you know, every neighborhood's the same. It just got bigger. If you got bigger neighborhoods, you got bigger problems. Mm. But it's like a microscope. Yeah, there was that brother Ali line. line. Uh, he said something about finding bullets in a sandbox. Yeah. And then his homeboy was like, bit it real. Yeah, Harlem, yeah. But when there's bullets Brother in the Ali. sand, when there's, when there's bullets in the sandbox, it's every bit as real comparing, you know, his neighborhood to Harlem. Oh, um, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's, he's talking about the Canox line. My mm. homie Vastair said, yeah. Yeah. Um, another response by a guy named Philip, and you can choose to wade into this at all if you want to, or you cannot. But I would love to hear any you know thoughts in hindsight uh, after you and Philip uh, got into a dialogue on Twitter. Um, and he goes by "It's Just the One." Uh, his response to what made you fall in love with hip hop was probably "Get Rich or Die Trying," but was grateful to find Holy Culture not long after that. I w- so my response to that was it's like it's a, that's a weird thing to qualify after admitting that you loved a 50 cent record. It's yeah, like, and why is that weird to you? What It's just like so why do you have to say that you found the holy spirit after you Holy culture, uh, which holy I actually society. think I think that's a name of a record. I'm going to Google that real quick. But go ahead. Oh, word? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that could have a ton of different contexts then. Holy culture album by the Cross Movement uh, in 2003. Got it. Well, I mean, it's still kind of the same. It's For like, sure. Uh, I don't think that that you liking you liking a 50 Cent record needs to be validated by you validates your your christianity or your belief mm-hmm. um just because like later it took you to a christian record yeah it's like weird yeah it's a weird qualifier mm-hmm. like it ain't bad to like hip-hop right like, it ain't unchristian to like hip-hop for sure it's weird yeah uh, Philip, if you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this. Thanks for engaging that conversation. Hopefully. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Philip at yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. Not at all. Yeah. Um, Philip, you follow the rules, bro, so you're entered in the contest. You might be the winner on the record, uh, the book, and the uh, T-shirt. And if you get that record, I would love for you to you know listen to it and give us your thoughts on it. Um, thanks again for engaging that conversation. And now I'm going to go to a voicemail that we received. Again, the question is, uh, what made you fall in love with hip-hop? Let's run that voicemail. Hey, what's going on, 4th District? My name is Warren Harper. Uh, I was calling about to tell a story about when I fell in love with hip-hop. And I fell in love with hip-hop. Uh, I was in the 8th grade, 14 years old, and um, I was born in 82. And this was right after 
Biggie have released his uh, Life After Death LP, and um, and I was on the playground and or oh, out on recess, I guess what you call it, PE, and I remember hearing um, someone play on the radio um, Biggie's Notorious Thugs. And I went home later that day. My parents, I grew up real restricted, you know, in like a Christian household. So I couldn't listen to music, vulgar music and stuff like that and gangster music and all that stuff. So I went home later. Um, one of my boys had the album, listened to the whole album, heard Skies of Limit right after I heard Notorious Thugs and fell in love with hip-hop and specifically Biggie at that point. Um, after that, I went back and <clears throat> got his um, Ready to Die CD, went back and got Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt, in my lifetime, Nas is Illmatic and just fell in love with hip-hop um, from that point. I've just been a hip-hop head and been in love with hip-hop ever since then. Um, that's my favorite time in hip-hop around 96 up to about 2002, 2000, 2000, 2001, around that time when I graduated high school, 2002, 2003. And, um, and yeah, that's where I fell in love with hip-hop. And eventually I got introduced to some of my new favorite artists, um, uh, my new favorite artist, you know, now uh, in no particular order, uh, Swoop, Show Baraka with Fourth Di- with Fourth District, um, and J Cole, and um, I just love, you know, their their lyricism, their creativity, um, and uh, yeah, man, I love hip hop. That's it. So, Mr. Warren Harper, thank you for leaving that voicemail, uh, sharing some of your story. We're gonna cut briefly to a commercial break. This episode of the Read a Book Podcast is brought to you in part by River City Mercantile and Coffee Co. located at 223 Main Street in downtown Evansville, Indiana. River City provides a place for over 50 makers to showcase their high-quality, handmade goods and is home to an exceptional coffee and espresso bar. Get 20% off any gift card purchase when you use the code READABOOK in-store or at rivercityevv.com. Shop local, drink coffee, River City. So, Sean Little, sir. in conclusion, uh, you've heard a lot about me. Mm-hmm. You've asked a lot of questions about me. Mm-hmm. You've asked about our listeners. Yeah. Uh, you're one of my favorite people, mm. so I want to know this about you. What is your favorite memory in hip-hop? I don't think we, we heard that from you. Or what made me fall in love with hip-hop? Yeah, what made you... Answering that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, what a good question if I do say so myself. Uh, how did I fall in love with hip-hop? You know, I, I think that there's a story there. Uh, like, when I was coming up, I was around my older brother Scott and my uncle Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott was three and a half years older than I was, I am, and my uncle Lance is ten years older than me. So he was kind of like that bad uncle, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like he was kind of in the streets and kind of dealt a little he bit. He smoked weed. You knew he smoked weed <laughs> for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. Drank a lot, you know. Even like when he was like underage or whatever. And his homeboys were like either thugs or wannabe thugs. I mean, some of them definitely did some dirt and like prison time jump. And you're like from that. Cincinnati. I'm Ohio. from Cincinnati, yeah. Ohio. Uh, anyway, so, you know, we lived in a duplex. We were on one side. My uncle Lance was on the other with my grandma. And Lance had, like, a two-live crew tape that he would listen to all the time. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I just remember looking at, like, the album art on that joint with, like, the girl's booties out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, 
like, golly, I'm like six years old looking at this junk. Uh, and then obviously as we listened to those raps, me and my brother Scott, uh, Scott kind of got into West Coast rap music, Snoop and Dre and NWA and... Um, so I kind of, you know, was brought up in, in that kind of rap music and cocktails album, two shorts cocktails mm-hmm. album. Uh, so just like stuff you weren't supposed to be stuff listening I sh- to. I had no business listening to, especially at that age. Um, but there was so much like community in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With my brother and with my uncle. And it was something that was ours That's and that we part partook of- in like, and that was beautiful to me. That was awesome to me. That was cool. It was special to me. Uh, and I think that's probably the thing that has made me fall in love with hip-hop is the community of the culture. And I think that there are a lot of familiar experiences like you and I. When you and I hit it off, I think it's because we had a, a, a sort of a common theme in our experience growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and maybe that had to do with like socioeconomics, right? What right. the neighborhoods we lived in and things that we got exposed to. Obviously, it's the music and the cultural familiarity. But to me, and I think this is what made me gravitate towards Fourth District as well, is like there is a cultural and communal familiarity because of hip hop that, in like one sentence, I can feel like absolutely connected with someone yep you know what i'm saying yep and you can debate with people and argue with people and celebrate with people and it's under this heading of like love for hip-hop familiarity with hip-hop commonality being cut from that cloth um and i just think that that's really special Uh, isn't it wild to think that like a lot of what draws like youth to hip-hop is it feels kind of like uh rebellious sure to listen to it yeah yeah you know that it's like it's almost centered around adults, but it just speaks to kids so much. Yeah. Like in the regard of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And but, I think probably when I, when it really like popped for me was when I was a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get to feeling like the angst and you want to push back on expectations that people have yeah. from you or society has from you, like that's a place that tells you for good or for bad because there's obviously a bunch of nonsense associated with it and a lot of business people uh, setting up kids for failure. Yeah. Promoting uh, all kinds of unhealthy behaviors that will destroy their life and destroy their finances and destroy their reputation. Uh, So that I'm aware of that. Um, But at the same time, to find a voice, Mm -hmm. which this is something that I always found uh, in rap music and hip hop culture more uh, generically, to find a voice that says uh, it's okay to be you Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be different. Yeah. And to like wade into that. And to give that space in your life and to question, right? To question society and to question social norms and to question expectations. And like that is so needed, um, I think, for humanity and certainly in a democracy, like not to get political, but to ask questions, to wonder, to push back on and to not just like take things because they're trending on Twitter or because it's online. Um, And I, you know, to me, the place that I've most learned that. Uh, is within hip-hop. So for me, man, what made me fall in love uh, with hip-hop is the community uh, and the connectedness that I've found within it. All over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it was 
rapping and touring. Mm -hmm. uh, like I toured in Europe twice. Mm -hmm. um, I played a bar with my dude um, and they couldn't speak my, I mean, obviously they had more familiarity with English than I had with French. Uh, but after I rapped, I had probably a group of eight college age, you know, a yeah. young 20 kids come up and they were like, oh, come sit with us. That was awesome. And we just drank and talked and we had a great time that evening. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's because they had some familiarity with hip hop, with hip -hop. even through the language barrier and all of that. Um, every, every relationship that I have in my life is some way tied to hip hop. Mm -hmm. Some some way, somehow. Mm -hmm. Every single relationship. Yeah. I mean, undoubtedly, our relationship is a byproduct of hip hop. Oh, it most certainly is. For MC sure. Till has told you to hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the community, man, and that's something, you know, that's something that I long for uh, in my other relationships is like the, the fellowship, the commonality, uh, the empathy and understanding that I find within the framework of hip hop uh, that honestly I have not found anywhere else yeah. in any other community philosophy religion institution whatever i have not found the commonality that i found in hip-hop um so yeah that's my answer to your question that's a good answer will you give me a copy of your record now since i answered that question you no i don't win a prize pack <laughs> from cast one well uh, like Cast One said, we're going to push to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for entering the contest. Thank you for choosing to read a book. Thank you for engaging online. Cast One, thank you for joining me this week. Yeah. Reporting thank you live for having me. from also, your dining room. Dog, talk to us. Be a part of the conversation. Yeah, no doubt. In, in this, I want, I want to hear from people. I want, I want conversation after this. I want you to tweet at me. I want mm -hmm. you to send me an email. I want you. I want to get Sean involved in conversations that I'm in, and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. Where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter is at c a s o n e the number one. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook, just search Cast One or, C A S space O N E. And then yeah. Google, what's your What's Google. your Tinder handle? Done with Tinder. Done with that Tinder. <laughs> now right, I'm on Sean. Spender. <laughs> Spender. The history of the business of hip hop. I'm starting an app called Spender. Yo, y'all, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to look forward to rocking with y'all next week. Read a book. Peace. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.